Hey guys, welcome back to the Forever Broken Podcast. Just wanted to give you guys a quick little um, heads up that in this particular episode, TJ was unavailable for the majority of it. He hops at the end of it, but he was doing other things to help the veteran community and help everyone with mental health, health in general. Um, I suck at English tonight, but we'll get used to that. Uh, hit us up on the social medias. And we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the like, um, the whole kit caboodle. Tonight we're going to be talking about a serious issue, which is suicide within the younger community. And we wanted to take a second to do a special episode just to be on topic with that. So if you would please bear with us. This is something that was close to us and it hit home. So just... I hope you listen and I hope you learn something from it. Uh, that being said, I will hit that sweet, sweet intro music for this episode, which is different than their usual. Welcome back to the Forever Broken Podcast. Tonight's going to be a little bit different. This is going to be a special episode. We're going to be addressing uh, suicide, especially at a young age, uh, which is kind of what led off to this podcast tonight. It, it's it's very sombering, and it kind of changes the way you look at things. Gabe had sent me this story here a little bit ago, and I had heard vaguely of it, but I hadn't really dove into it yet. Uh, after diving into it, it's just kind of been kind of a game changer i know looking into it uh it, it definitely changed the way i look at things but uh that being said the co-host for tonight gabriel brew um that's gonna be who's pretty much gonna be leading this whole thing off and i'll let him go ahead and introduce himself and then kind of tell you guys what we're talking about tonight hey everybody uh i'm gabe um i kind of Sent this out today to get on here tonight and put this out. Um, so in Utah, we had a young boy take his life um, from the effects of bullying. He was, I'm going to read you a little uh, snippet of, of this situation. It says, let me introduce you to Drake Hardman. He was 12 years old. And this week he hung himself with his favorite hoodie from his bunk bed. So it goes into a lot of personal stuff with the family and all that. And I don't want to really get into that. Um, But the Facebook where this can all be seen and read and researched and you can show support and, and your condolences with 
with the rest of us is uh, the hashtag do it for Drake. And uh, Drake is spelled D-R-A-Y-K-E. Um, it was, it's been weighing heavy on me for the last few days. And uh, I was waiting to emotionally slow down from the news of it because my kids uh, are close to that age. And there's been times where they've spoke up about being bullied um, or seeing bullying going on, and it's it needs to stop. Uh, there should be no reason a 12-year-old loses all hope that nothing can be, nothing could get better, that they take their own life in their own home with their favorites, like hoodie. It just shouldn't be happening. Well, I mean, it shouldn't be happening, period, that we have kids at such a young age that have lost all salvation. And I think some of that comes back to religion, the way we're raised. And, you know, we're in a new era now with social media. We didn't have that when we were kids, you know. Uh, there wasn't this high presence of Facebook. MySpace was just becoming a thing. And we kind of figured it out. But by the time it was affecting kids, we were already old enough to know that, you know, we shouldn't let this affect us. And we kind of just pushed it aside. Now we're in the prime era for social media bullying and whatnot. But, you know, it seems like when we were only facing bullying on one front, it was a lot easier to handle. And now we have to deal with it across the board. I mean, you can get bullied now just by hopping on the internet and you've got some asshole telling you that you're useless, you shouldn't be alive, yada, yada, yada. And with gaming, um, gaming used to be a huge fun thing. You know, we'd get together with four of our buddies and then link our Xboxes together and play Halo. And now you have access to the World Wide Web. And you've got people just telling you you're a piece of shit, you're this, you're that. And it's just excessive. And it's a new learning curve that we have to face now is that, well, how do I tell my kid how to deal with this? And, you know, from my side of it, it's like we have to start getting back to the fact that words are just words. And, you know, it used to be the saying, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And we've kind of fallen off that in how we're teaching people things. Because now it's like your feelings are validated unless it goes against somebody else's feelings. And for me, it's just like it's, it's a weird thing. And to see kids hurting themselves over that, it, it just sucks. I mean, I've been on several calls where kids tried to hurt themselves, and thankfully they never you know, succeeded, but um, when you sent me that, I checked, uh, I checked the story like you told me to, and I, I was, I, honestly, I was in tears, I was weeping up, because they had that picture of him dead in the hospital, yeah. them holding him, and I was just, oh, that killed me. So, well, here's the thing, though, he has two older sisters, his mother and his father, uh, and those pictures of them saying their last goodbyes and hugging him in that hospital, in that picture, it crushed me, dude. Um, 
And up to that point, I never saw pictures. I just saw the articles and the snippets that people had sent to me to um, just bring it up and make mention of it. But the more I read about it and the more I brought it up, the more I wanted to dedicate to it, the more I wanted to get this out there and really help this family in their their quest to open the eyes to bullying. Um, in one of these articles on, on his Do It For Drake page, it says that he tried for a long time to befriend his bully because he felt like his bully was mean to him because he didn't have that many friends. Right. And later on in the article, it states that a few days before he took his life, he came home and had a black eye. And he said when he was questioned about it, snitches get stitches. Uh, so this mindset of these young kids thinking that tattletelling or being open about what's going on in their lives um, is some somewhat of a less than glorious thing needs to change. Um, just it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of red flags in the story that happened um well, and a lot part of, of that part of that that came with that that i read and i noticed was he told his sister what happened right and then right. and then his sister went to his parents and his sister or those parents asked him about it, and that's when he said that i mean it's you have to be able to have an open line of communication between parents and your kids and, and if there's somebody that you can trust it should be your parents you know and, and it just sucks that for some reason you know as a parent we have to be able to say yeah don't come in with everything but there are certain things that are serious and this is one of those things bullying is serious so i think that's what i do you know i took in from that particular statement and like you're saying right change but we also you know there still has to be some lines and boundaries parenting's hard i mean it is and 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 i'm not saying that the parents didn't try anything and the and the school system didn't try anything because the bully was suspended prior to all of this to try and resolve it but the bullying never stopped and i'm not saying that any one person can be put to blame for this. Um, but the system itself, the system of being where we have boundaries with what we, sh what we talk about with our kids or trying to be like, this is how you're supposed to act and then turn around and like having road rage or yelling at your children. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. like you said, parenting is a difficult thing, but I mean, like, you we also need example. to let your you you also need to let your children know that like there's a right way, there's a wrong way, and then to be the example that you need that you have to set for them. And so there's there's a lot of systematic failure through this entire story that happened, and it it's heartbreaking. And my I can't even imagine what what this family is going through, and if you if you do find the time to get on and read this onpouring and this onslaught of everybody in this in this young boy's life who was in his corner and wanted nothing but the best for him and supported him and loved him, all of that was 
put to the wayside and dismissed by this young man because of one bully. You know what I mean? Which, you well, you know me. You know, I always like to play devil's advocado on things. So, you know, we, we really can't blame any particular person. And that's not what I'm trying to do here. It's just, you know, like I would do in any situation, we have to take it back to the person that committed the act. And for me, it's like, how did we fail him outside of the conventional means? Because I don't think this was a parenting fail. I don't think this was, you know, just a simple, you know, this bully was worse than others kind of thing. It's how did we, how did we fail him in the aspect of, did he have depression? Did he have other signs that could have pointed to it? And like the loyalty thing, like you had said, he tried to befriend him, which is just amazing. And it sounds like everything he did was above and beyond what he needed to do. And it seems like we've kind of heard over the years of our life studying this, the happiest people are the ones that commit suicide. It's the last person you expect. You know, so I'm just wondering, how do we figure out what signs were missed with this? Because, I mean, if he's saying he doesn't want help, if he's saying he doesn't need this, what else can you do in that situation? You know, and that's the fucking goes, part. part. Back I think to, that's what the mom said. I yeah, think the mom I mean, said, but it's, there's it's, nothing we could have done. It goes back to and I, and like I said, dude, like I, I I'm not saying that there there can be only one finger pointed in one direction. There, and I said it earlier that there there are a lot of systematic failures that went into this being what it is. You know what I mean? And one of those systematic failures was is when you recognize that your child child's behavior was changing. They're their demeanor was changing. Their their good days and bad days were off balance and off canter. There's a lot of signs that should have led somebody to say, hey, let's go let you talk to somebody. If you can't talk to us, talk to somebody that will keep it private. You know what I mean? But, but that's what I'm saying is with the devil's advocate thing is were there those signs? Because we, we only know what we only know told the, the story. What was reported. But, and I get that. But if if he was being just him his regular self, which it seems like he was, I mean, if if my kid comes to me and says, and I see they have a black eye, and I'm like, all right, I already know the situation, but he's like, I'm good, you know, like it's not a big deal, it, you know, snitches get stitches. I'm probably gonna laugh and just go about my day. So it's like, if he was still himself the bigger issue would go back to was his normal self. Did he need help? Like seeing a counselor or seeing somebody as opposed to looking at it in the now where you're like, well, yeah, no shit. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. The kid isn't with us anymore and it's terrible. Like now it's easy to be like, we miss the signs. Right. But in the moment, how do you address those? How do you find those? And was he being himself? What Were there any signs to sit there and go, yeah. Because if I'm looking at a 12-year-old or, you know, 10-year-old or 
14 year old i it would be hard for me to sit there and be like yes there was noticeable change in their behavior because at that point they're just learning who they are anyway and right. trying to diagnose a teenager like that you're just like oh god this is hard I mean, there's just so many emotions up and down and up and down that them having an up and down day is just a normal part of it. Right. And but so that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that there were those signs. I'm saying like overall, the catastrophic failure of the system makes it to where a lot of these signs and a lot of these signals do break down to hindsight is 2020. Mm -hmm. And what can we do as a society, as parents, as a school system, as an educational system to change change that? You know what I mean? To, to yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But, I mean, and this is just me trying to be honest to a fault. It's like, at what point are we invading their privacy and overreaching? If that makes sense, it's like if somebody sat there and said, I have depression, I shouldn't own guns. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be happy with that. So within staying within the boundaries of what's acceptable, we have to be able to figure that out first, it seems like, before right. we can go ahead and start saying the system's failed us. I mean, yeah, it has a lot, um, but trying to find those boundaries like just it seems like it's difficult to be like this is where the cutoff point is you know they it mm -hmm. seems like the school system did a decent job and they suspended the kid i mean if you're me uh and i were this kid's parents and i could figure out through the school who this kid bullies parents were i'd go beat the shit out of his parents right uh, and like and like thing. but then that's all personal and like that's the and that's the part that like is where we're kind of on the same page and not just the fact that you want to go beat the bully's parents up. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'd, we're on the, the same, I'd probably kick the bully's ass too, to be right damn honest with you. So here's the thing though, like where, where we are and what you're saying is, is like, there's, there's a process, there's steps that have to take place before we can just go in there and figure out how to do this without invading privacy what I'm saying is, is I understand that and I get that wholeheartedly, but trying like starting something to try and, and make it better to make a difference is better than sitting back and waiting for somebody else to do it. Agreed a hundred percent. So what I'm getting at is like, what, what is there that can be done to get it started? I mean, there's a lot of anti-bullying organizations out there that take donations and they're trying to come up with these campaigns and these slogans. There's lots of advocate centers out there for, for like people who are depressed because they're bullied and they have all of that and all their materials that they're putting out and they take their donations. And it's like, there's a, a dime a dozen of, of that going on and I get it, but they're focused on 
being reactive to a situation instead of proactive to the situation. Right. Like you don't, so, you don't hear about them until the tragedy is already struck. You know yeah. what I mean? So pragmatically, how would you address it? Like what would your starting point be? Within the home and kind of putting out a message to parents to make sure their children know that what they say to their parents is with their parents. It's it's a safe space and they can be open and honest and be able to speak freely and speak their mind so that they know that they're supported and protected. So how do we own. get that word out there like on a mass scale? Like, I mean, because I, I think they do do that. I think it's been massively incorporated in the schools that, you know, kids need to be able to talk to their parents but it sucks when you're you have to go to a home where you don't have a parent in any way or form that actually listens and cares because we can't make parents listen uh, right any more than we can make the kid listen so if it is it's a good step and i think that's being taken i just i don't know how we can make it resonate more inside people other than having tragedy happen i think we're always i think as a society we're largely we only learn from tragedy sadly enough you know right hey we got a question in the chat did you see it uh no i'll skip down i'm gonna read i'll read it i'll read it said it's from mom and it says what did the bully learn by being suspended he learned to bully somewhere perhaps having an in-school intense anti-bullying program with counselors, police, teachers, et cetera, rather than having him at home with his own bullies. Which is a great point. It's a fantastic point. And that's kind of, and that's kind of where I was going with that whole thing is that we started in the home so that the parents can see their actions have an effect on their children because their children learn it somewhere. Right. Uh, and the next step would to be exactly what mama said is let's implement some programs in the schools. Let's be more harsh on students who bully, whether it's an in-person um, verbal bullying, physical bullying, um, cyber bullying, whatever the case may be there, there needs to be these programs put into place where pictures of Drake are put up where his family are saying their final goodbyes where his sisters are hugging his lifeless body on a on a table knowing that they will never have their little brother again and let the difficult images resonate with these children because this is this is the cause of this is the effect and the cause of bullying yeah i i just think there has to be some way for the aggressor to learn the lesson and you know it sucks because you just get stuck between trying to deal with personalities you know certain kids you know they need a spanking certain kids need talk to certain kids kids need put time out and you're having to learn and direct these uh lessons in those ways which is hard to do in itself um but like uh, my mama said uh, suspension doesn't seem to teach anybody anything. 
um, from my experience either. It's just like, if you're going to kick a kid out of school, chances are they weren't worried about getting kicked out of school. I mean, it seems like you'd be better off to keep them in school and then give them like in-school suspension. But inside that suspension, you focus on the actual issue. So if bullying is the issue, we address that and we sit there and we make it personal. We talk to the kid and we just go, this is the results of your actions. This could result to your action. Like and and that. with that, me and you agree. Me, you, and Mama all agree on that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's got to be a process of things that must happen to save as many as we can and prevent as many as we can. Because God knows, and unfortunately, we're not saving everybody. No, and I mean, tragedy will strike. But. W- what percentage of this all could have been avoided with a program in place that would have taught this or shown what could happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I suck at this because, like, I don't want to just put all the blame on the bully. I don't think that's fair. I'm not putting um, it all on the bully. No, I know you're not. I'm just saying, I, you know, I'm not, I, looking at how I've talked about it so far. I don't like doing that. Um so it's kind of just like what I what I've been kind of this is something I've been dealing with in my personal life as well is just like how do I share this? How do I look at every situation scientifically with you know how we deal with it? And it's like this poor kid that ended up you know, killing himself, what could we have done on his end? How was he taught and how was he raised? And like I kind of made mention of earlier, and this is something I talked earlier with somebody about, I think earlier in the week, actually, um, where I just talked to them and I was like, what's, what can we do for kids to teach them how to deal with the new way that things go are going? Um, you know, we have to be able to teach kids that you're going to be met with resistance. You're going to have bullies. You're going to have all these problems in your life. How do we teach them to deal with that? And that, to me, is the bigger question and problem that I want to learn how to deal with. Because I don't have an answer for that at all. You know, I can sit there and look at the bully and be like, we just need to make it personal. We need to do this. But when it comes to my kids and when they have to deal with bullying or when somebody else has to deal with bullying, especially being alpha personalities like we are, for me, I want to deal with it. You know, throughout my whole life, I've always taken bullies serious. And mm-hmm. I'm the first one to sit there and say, I'm not dealing with your bullshit. You're not going to treat somebody like shit because you're an asshole. And I will fuck you up. And that's what I've always done. And but that's how do we teach? kids coming up that don't have that fight to deal with it. I just right. That's and my question is. And with you're you're absolutely right. We both have that same personality and I've actually made that statement myself when I've had to deal with bullies with my children and I've expressed to their moms, if this happens, you call me because I'm in the car and I'm on my way. And 
Yeah, that's like, just I'll, my I'll personality. Whoop the shit out your kid. Because and I'm that's just our personality. Like my kid. Exactly, and that's that's kind of like where we're where we're at with it, brother. Like, let's go back to a time when it took a village to raise a child. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're not there anymore. People we have don't, kind of lost like, the way. Exactly. It takes a village to raise a child. So to me, that concept is, is and, and I grew up in a small community where my friend's parents knew that if I was acting out, they could walk over and pop the living dog snot out of me. And my parents would be like, well, you deserved it. Stop acting like an asshole. Yeah, you can ask and my mom. She would have done the same. You know, if, if I lift off or I was a jerk off to anybody, she just told them what my ass and I appreciate exactly. That. And and that's what I'm saying. Like as as a society, we need to understand that if another adult or another parent is is talking to your kid in a disciplinary manner, of course, 100% be there for your child. But understand that your child isn't perfect, and if he's being scolded for something, get to the bottom of the reason. situation and figure out what's going on before you just jump in and defend your child for being a bully or for being disrespectful. And mom again is coming in saying that uh, we also need to stop raising victims. And that's, yeah, and that's, that's kind of go. It's going again. That's going into what we're talking about right now, mama. We're, yeah, that goes, we need to get back to, we need to go into uh it takes a village to raise a family, and when when any adult in that village is disciplining a child, the parent of that child needs to realize that they can't rescue them. They need to let that child learn. Yeah, and by all means, you know, if somebody's chewing your kid out and they're wrong, kick their ass. I don't, you know, good for them. You know, if I'm being a dick, you know, do the right thing by your kid. I expect that. You know, oh, absolutely, because I expect myself to be held to that same standard so you know i'm, I'm not disagreeing you know, with you at all it's like yeah but you're exactly right you know if somebody's yelling at my kid it's really easy to get defensive because it's my kid but at the same time i'm sitting there going yeah i probably whopped him too you know like he was being a dick but here's here's the difference though there's a difference of going over and immediately attacking that other person for getting after your child as opposed to walking over and being like, "Excuse me, this is my child. Uh, what's what's going on? What's what's happening? What what caused this to happen?" And then being like, "Thank you for for getting after him. I will take it from here." And then you take over and let let that person know that like you appreciate it and let your child know like if you're I'm, screwing I'm, up, you're screwing up and you're gonna get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's. That's it goes back to a village to raise a child. And we need to get back to that because a lot of these young parents are like, you know, nobody's gonna talk to my kid that way. Nobody's gonna do this, nobody's gonna do that. And it's it's something that needs to be absolutely addressed. So we need to start getting proactive. Yeah, and take care just, of it. And and I hope we do, and I think we've been trying, but I think we're just in such a weird time right now and humanity where it's just hard to do because we're trying to be so aggressive towards being conscious to everyone's feelings and you know we've kind of forgotten that it's okay to offend and 
that's just part of life. And we're not teaching people how to deal with ups and downs anymore. So I hope we get back to that. I hope we can, you know, ahead of progressive nature, go back to a point where we're teaching the right things based off how life actually goes, as opposed to this dream world that we're living in right now, which is everything's perfect and rainbows and I want to identify as a monkey with a tree obsession. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, cool. Play pretend. That's fine. But this is the reality that we live in. We can't change that. We can't change the reality that we live in any more than we can change anything else. You know? So you're sitting there and you're just, We have to look at it prognostically and say, okay, yes, I don't feel like the world is portraying me, but the way the world portrays me is accurate based off logic and sound, whatever, science. So we need to be able to have optimism and have the availability to actually think for ourselves but we also need to be able to disagree with each other and that's been just a huge flaw that i feel we ran into lately is that we're not allowed to disagree with each other if we disagree we bully and and it just you know turns into more bullshit right Yeah, it's it's a difficult topic. It's a difficult thing. And when it's something that hits so close to home, emotionally you get involved and emotionally you can't reason as if it was not so close to home. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's hard, man. And, and uh, I, don't, I don't know, like, on a personal connection, there's nothing that connects me to Drake or his family that I know of other than the city and the state. Well, and that's and, not even true. You're, you're not connected by relation or anything like that, but you've got a son in that age group who plays basketball and does life and he's being a kid. And I have a daughter in that age that does the same thing, you know, and when this stuff happens, it hits home. Like I told you, man, uh, I opened up the, I was good. I read through the articles and I was like, God damn, this sucks, man. And I talked to my dad a little bit about this too, but once you're like, Oh shit, I've got kids that age that group. Yeah. Then you start thinking, what would I do? And God, I just can't imagine being in that situation. This one really broke my heart, uh, especially once I pulled the photos up just because I've taken kids to the hospital that tried to kill themselves. And it, it, I'm thankful enough none of the kids that I had to take in succeeded. 
I lost kids and that was the worst feeling of my life. But I didn't ever lose any to suicide. And at that age, it's just, I can't put any recollection to it. Like, I can't be empathetic. Like, I'm empathetic, but I can't be empathetic enough because I just can't make myself feel that way. It's so hard. And I know I'm not hitting the level that they're feeling. And the fact that they have the, the power and the strength to make this into something, a teaching moment. God, I can't imagine. Yeah, dude, it's it's had me pretty choked up for the majority of the last few days. Um, I kind of... It's rough, and I like that you brought up, like, it's hard to imagine what you would do or, or what you would feel or, or what you're going through. Uh, so I want to read what his dad wrote, uh, if you're cool with that. Yeah, no, read ahead. All right, so this is from Drake's dad. There are amazing people still in this world, and we felt that love so much from so many of you. I've been waiting to share my feelings, but I've struggled to find the words. Now it's my time to be a voice of my hero, my only son, who was taken from us. Closing my eyes 51 hours after I began CPR in hopes of saving my son's life. Hearing the screams of his 16-year-old sister who witnessed something no one should. This is my nightmare. Every moment I shut my eyes while my son will never open his in this life again. Leaning over my child, performing CPR and feeling like I will not have the strength to continue as my arms weaken and burn from exhaustion. Fighting in the back of your mind that Drake was already gone. Beneath the pressing of each downward motion while the vomit he aspirates seeps from his precious little mouth. <sighs> Give me a minute. <laughs> Uh, you're good. I get it, dude. Uh, what would cause a 12-year-old boy to close? What would cause a 12-year-old boy to lose so much hope in his heart that he would tie his hoodie around his neck and take his own life? One word, bullying. I woke this morning more angry than I have ever been in my life. Do I blame myself? Do I blame my sweet boy's bully? I blame the system. I blame the fact that these bullies even exist. How is there this much hate in our world that we allow children to hurt one another? It's simple. We do not teach it. We do it to each other, and they learn that it's okay to feed their lack of con confidence. They think it'll make them cool. My son will never marry, never become a father. Shit. He'll never have a future of any kind, all because of one cowardly child. Why did this boy deserve to treat my son as if he wasn't human? What happened in his and his cowardly following garbage friends to become an advocate of hate? Is it the parents? I don't have the answers, but I knew though this. It has to stop. And then it shows all the photos of... Yeah, the last the of the last goodbyes, and it's it's rough, dude. Like, yeah, no, I know what you're saying, and this actually ties into uh, Papa T's 
chats. He said, 12-year-old doesn't need privacy. They need boundaries. Bullies have had no boundaries at home. The easy out is to say that they're products of their environment. The truth is they don't know right from wrong. If you're waiting for the public school system to take an effective stance, forget it. They are busy trying to accommodate everyone's feelings rather than teaching coping skills. And that goes back into what we're, we were talking about. I mean, they, they haven't, you know, the, the school system is saying their hands are tied. And that effectively comes from the top, in my opinion, where they're just trying to take the easy out because they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Everyone's afraid to do the right thing because, you know, that's the world we've created. And mm-hmm. like the dad said, you know, was it their parents' fault? I don't know. I don't have the answers. But the fact is we've let feelings of everyone else take over moral responsibility. We have no morals. We don't have a compass anymore that we're following. And that's created this world where we just let everything go. And it's bullshit. I mean, you can't sit there and turn your face to evil because you don't think it exists. Because you want to be the right, you want to be on the side of the good guys. You want to sit there and you don't ever want to be the bad guy. Nobody ever wants to be the bad guy, especially as a fucking parent. But you have to. I don't want to be the one to spank my kid. But if he screws up, he needs to know there's responsibility and he's going to pay for his actions. You know? Right. Or she is going to pay for her actions. Right. Um, Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with you on that. I agree wholeheartedly with with Papa Thompson. Um, There's there's a ripple effect with, with your actions. And there is a wake of devastation that's coming from the actions of what has been going on. Um, and it goes back to what, what Papa, Papa Thompson's saying. The school system is out to protect themselves and out to protect their funding. Um, yeah. and, and that's a flaw of our system that we've created for public schools. And it's trickling even into the private school system to the point where you wonder where your children are going to be safe anymore from anything. You know what I mean? Right. And well, it's, oh, you're good. Go ahead. It, it's as a parent, it's a struggle. Uh, it just, I, I, um, Still struggling reading that write up because I couldn't imagine performing CPR on any of my children and losing them. Yeah, there's no or way to be or... empathetic enough to that. I've watched guys do CPR on their wife and watch kids do CPR on their mom or dad. And I still can't relate to any of that either. But um, this will be kind of, I guess, my last point of topic uh, for tonight. But uh, something I've also been struggling with and something that I think is a huge flaw in this is that we've gotten so far away from God and our school systems and our government and everything that we do 
I mean, you know, I struggle with it because I don't like the idea of a certain system teaching us how to think or feel. You know, I'm all for critical thinking. But the one thing they did teach us in church is that it takes a village to raise a child. Uh, they taught us moral compasses and that there's right and wrong. There is good and evil. And I think there is good and evil. And that stands to this day and it's always going to stand. And I've struggled with getting myself back to that because, you know, after you get screwed over so many times, you kind of get numb to feeling the, uh, for things like that. And you're like, well, if the one person that's supposed to look out for me doesn't, then who do I have? Myself. And I've been trying to find my way back to, you know, there is someone, there's something, someone better than me out there uh, in charge of the whole scheme and system. And I think we just need a little bit more God back in our lives to remind us that there is good and evil and we have to do right by our kids and by our God above all else to teach our kids right and to create a world that doesn't suck like it does right now and i guess it probably always has i don't think that we we used to have different problems today than we did a hundred years ago or 200 years ago or 20 years ago um with technology and with growth but uh, i just i think it's a super important that we start kind of back into that and if we have people in charge that understand that there's morals and values and there's a code that we need to follow that's going to pay dividends into the way we're growing up and the tragedies that we have to face. I don't think seeing kids get shot up in school, I don't think kids killing themselves is an okay thing. And we have to change that somewhere. And that comes down to our core being. And I think a lot of that does come back to our religious belief. Whatever your religious belief is, you should know that there's good and evil. Yeah, a hundred percent agreed. And I'm glad you brought that up, Derek. Uh, I think the core the core value does begin with with your belief and your connection to God and the correlation between good and evil and what what is good and what is evil. Um, yeah, dude, it's a it's a tough one. Um, yeah, it is, and uh, like. <laughs> Like my old dad said, he said, put God back in everything, starting at home, then the government, schools. God bless family and so many others that have to and will continue to endure this pain. And that's, you know, man's humanity against man. Age old problem. <laughs> that's spot on, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, I think, I think that's, Spot on, Papa Thompson. Uh, yeah, it really is. You can go back in the in the history books and see the inhumanity that different civilizations have, have shown each other by the way that they've treated each other. Um, you can look at every war throughout the history and see the disconnect of, of humanity over over something as simple as land, something as simple as money, power, control, um, and then to turn around and justify it by putting the term 
in the name of God, we're doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it's topic we're going to end up diving into. Uh, We're going to dive into the annals of time or annals of time for those who are still stuck in the third grade like myself. Um, And we're going to address those issues. Uh, We're going to talk about it. I mean, now's not the time or the place to dive into that, I guess. But, you know, we're going to get there and we'll talk a little bit more incognito about it. Yeah. Um, And that being said, we're actually going to uh, welcome in TJ here and get his thoughts before we close out. Welcome in, TJ. How you doing? Good. What's going on, bud? How are y'all? Good. So we were just talking about the whole thing. You you know the brief of this. Uh, we got some input from a good old dad, uh, Pop Thompson, and he uh, he's. We were talking about how God needs to be a more part of life again, and uh, he had said, "Put God back in everything, starting at home, then the government, schools. God bless his family and so many others that have and will continue to endure his pains." Uh, man's inhumanity against man is an age-old problem. Um, so we were just kind of talking on that and kind of getting close to wrapping things up. But where you're here now, we'd love to hear your input on this whole thing and get your two cents on how you think we go ahead and addressing issues like this. Man, so it's just a terrible thing to, to have to deal with. You know, like... 12 years old that's that's just crazy to me you know what i mean and all from being bullied you know and um i've seen some i don't know if statistics or uh whatever you want to call it but their doctors are claiming now that you know kids on social media is a big issue causing anxiety and stuff like that and or, or cyber bullying even you know on social media so I think that um, maybe limiting your younger children to their access to their social media or like just w- even watching their uh, iPads or tablets and stuff like that is what the doctors are claiming is causing anxiety. And I know a lot of people, a lot of parents anyways, they they kind of use their iPads and tablets as a, you know, I... I and I'm guilty of it too. The people use it like almost like a babysitter. You know what I mean? Like they just let their kids use the, the iPads and tablets and watch YouTube videos is a big deal. And, uh, you know, I think we should probably just try to monitor their screen time overall, you know, not just counting right. like their iPads, tablets and like TV and all that stuff. But we definitely need to monitor their social media, in my opinion, just to see, what kind of content that they are seeing the stuff that they're talking about and see if other kids are doing, you know, cyber bullying your own children, you know, on, on their social media platforms. Right. Uh, You're spot on on that one too. Um, Technology has really made it easier to babysit. Right. Well, there's a lot going on. (laughs) Um, no, and it's it's a hard thing to do, and 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 a lot of it was like this this 
young man had to deal with in person from his main perpetrated perpetrator is his bully but from the other stories that i've i've read uh on the issue um he had a following that kind of promoted it and instigated it and it was kind of like the highlight of their day to to watch this young man try to befriend this bully and this bully just to completely tear him down yeah. um from what i've understood of this of the things that i've read and it's super unfortunate that um, that's going on, and it goes back to like what everybody's saying. You know, let's let's bring God back into this, and and let's teach these kids the good and the evil, and right from right. wrong again, and let's get back to the basis of humanity. Um, because watching one person bully another person, like me personally, I've never put up with it. Even even younger, I would always advocate for the bullied and stand up to the bully um it just it it was never something that i would put up with and it still isn't anything that i put up with um and it, it was because i was raised that way i was raised there's good and there's evil and you always stand up to evil because it's there's no place for it you know what i mean right it's it just shouldn't be a thing it is, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't be something that's allowed to run unchecked or uncontrolled. Yeah, definitely. And and having the intestinal fortitude and the courage to stand up to that is something that needs to be brought back. And I think that starts with like what Papa Thompson's saying and what Mama T is saying is, hey, let's let's bring God back into this. Let's let's get back to the core values of humanity and let's start doing what we know we need to do as parents. Um, and I don't, I, I can't agree anymore with what, what he said that 12 year olds don't need privacy. They need boundaries and it starts at home. We need to start setting examples. We need to make sure we're doing the right things and taking care of all of our home business before we send our children out into the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So there's there's a lot to this. Um, and like we spoke on earlier, we're not, we're not going to save them all. We can't save and control all the world's problems. Um, but we need to figure out what needs to change. We need to figure out what what we can do, what we can, what we can control, um, and how we can move forward in support and helping be part of a solution to a problem that has done nothing but grow exponentially over time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not happening today. It's not happening tomorrow, but we need to start consciously being the change that we want to see in the world. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, I think even if, like, you know, for the people that aren't religious, it's not necessarily just bringing God back into it. You know, if it, like, for those that are non believers or, you know, have a different religious outlook on life, it's just being a good person, you know, being a good neighbor, being, being a good member of your community. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and that's kind of what I tried to point out is just that, you know, it is, it's super important to, even if you're not religious in the fact that you believe in a God or whatever, but having those moral boundaries where you believe in good and evil or, you know, right. good versus bad, if you want to put it in layman's terms, um, that was something that I thought is just, that's part of the religion That's that, that I think is important is knowing that there is good and bad and being able to take a moral, moralistic look at things and sit there and say, all right, well, this is fucked up and this is, you know, good to go. And, and we, we've just lost those boundaries. And I think we need to get back to that. But uh, that being said, I think we can go ahead and give our final thoughts um, and kind of wrap this up. And I'll let Gabe, you kind of give your final piece last I'll let me and TJ go here first um, and just kind of give our thoughts on this entire situation and what we think of it. And we'll start with you, TJ. Well, like I said, you know, just a second ago, it's just, I, just, I think it's terrible that um, we're seeing this at 12 years old. That just, that just blows my mind. You know, that's way too young to be having any kind of issues of this caliber. You know what I mean? And, it's just something that um, I think Gabe touched on is that, you know, 12-year-olds don't really need privacy. They need monitoring. You know, you, you need to be a parent and uh, just make sure you're checking on everything that they're doing and seeing when it comes to their social media and stuff like that. And just their online use overall, you know, there's all kinds of crazy things online that you can look up. I mean, you can... You can Google just about anything you want to see and it'll come up, you know. Um, it's just something that I understand that people want to respect their, they, they try to show respect to their children and try to teach them how to respect privacy. But at some point you have, you have to realize like, you know, at a, at a certain age, like, they're just not ready for that for you know what i mean like for you to yeah to, for that freedom yeah it's just that's just too much and that's just obviously it's just my opinion but that's just something that i think that we need to keep an eye on as parents yeah i, I agree with you 100 percent um well in my in my closing words uh just this whole thing's just tragedy and you know it's not something i'm gonna make a common thing, but I do want to just end my part by saying a prayer and, you know, just doing my part to bring a little bit of God and good back into the world. And I just want to, you know, bow my head and say a prayer if you guys are cool with that. Go ahead. All right, dear father, I just uh, want to say I appreciate you guys uh, in this group getting a chance to be here and be a part of such a monumental thing and hopefully address some issues that need addressed. And I hope that you can point us back in the right direction. Uh, we shouldn't have kids that are this hurt. We shouldn't ever have to deal with this kind of tragedy. I pray that you're there for the families of those affected. I pray that you guide us us in the right direction point us back to the light that is so important um just thanks for everything you give us on the day-to-day -day. thank you for the food thank you for the 
roof over our heads. And thank you for our children and our parents and our grandparents and everyone that came before us that led us to where we are. In your name, I pray. Amen. Um, but yeah, I just think this whole thing's just, we, we've got to find a way to get back to the right place. And, and I hope we get there and I hope we're part of the process to getting there. So uh, that being said, Gabe, while you just wrap this whole thing up. Yeah. Thanks, Derek. Um, I want to say first, uh, Drake Hardman, you are in our thoughts. Um, you're with the angels now, so spread your wings and, and soar high and I'll watch over your family to your family, your mom, Sammy, your dad, Andrew, and your two sisters. We want you to know that you're not alone in this. Um, our thoughts and our prayers from the never broken community will be with you as you continue to navigate through this hard time and this trial of your in your lives and um continue to bring light and help stop these tragedies from happening um and if you guys are going through a hard time reach out to your loved ones reach out to your family members reach out to your friends um anybody um us included we're here to listen we're here to help uh so with that being said god bless your family and continue to stay strong in, in this tragic time. Exactly. Thanks guys for listening in. I hope you stuck around for the whole time and took something from us. Uh, you can hit us up on the social medias. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, everything. If you guys need anything, please reach out to us. We're here for you. We don't mean that in the metaphorical sense. We mean that in real life. If you guys need anything, just reach out. All right. So thank you. And, uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, just thank you guys for being awesome listeners.